Hello and welcome to Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. But firstly, we'd like to wish all of our listeners a Merry Christmas. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the festivities with your loved ones, your family and friends. Uh, but also enjoyed the fixtures that we had during the Boxing Day period. So there were some crackers including the match against Liverpool versus Leicester. Uh, which holds a lot of value in terms of the title race and for me uh, this was a great game to watch obviously I've been a Liverpool fan but even as a neutral point uh, you have to respect the way Liverpool played that game um, for Leicester I think they were out of depth you can tell uh, they just couldn't match Liverpool's intensity or in, or their overall play uh, for me the star of the show was uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold what a phenomenal performance he had during that game he had a couple of assists and he scored a great goal for the final uh, goal as well um, yeah I'm ecstatic about that match to be honest with you uh, we played so well we had so many chances as well uh, it could have been honestly it could have been double figures that's how many chances Liverpool created and there were clear cut chances as well Mane missed a couple Salah hit the crossbar and uh, Firmino had a couple of chances as well so Overall, a fantastic performance by Liverpool. Um, and at the minute, we are 13 points clear. Um, so the next day, Wolves played Man City. And fortunately for Liverpool, uh, Man City lost the game 3-2. Uh, so at the minute, Liverpool have a game in hand with a 13-point clear lead. Um, so we've got... Ironically, we're playing Wolves this Sunday as well. Um, for me as a Liverpool fan you can't be premature and say it's in the bag the, in terms of the title um, you have to be a bit level headed um, as I'm sure Liverpool fans can sort of share my opinion on this is that uh, being a part of the title race uh, it's not over until it's over literally so all the neutrals are saying oh it's Liverpool's title but Liverpool fans were keeping our feet on the ground and making sure that you know we take it one game at a time I know that sounds like such a cliche to say but Honestly, it's the truth. So, uh, we're in a fantastic position. For me, in my, I think in the previous episodes, I mentioned Liverpool. Can't see Liverpool dropping any points. And I stick by my point. I really can't see Liverpool dropping any points. Will they be invincibles? In terms of not being defeated this season? Possibly. I I've, I really can't see anyone being Liverpool. Um, we're, at the moment, we have a very, very special team. So... For me, it's it's going to be great to see how how the next month unfolds. Um, we've gone through the busy period in terms of the December fixtures, so uh, but we've got some games coming up next week. So we've got Wolves next this Sunday, and we've got I think we've got Everton part of the FA Cup uh, next round as well. So overall, fantastic performance by Liverpool. But we also have to say well done to Wolves on such a great comeback. Um, they've been in decent form as well recently so I'm expecting it to be a tricky game this Sunday against Liverpool um, but for Liverpool it's important that we get the three points and help solidify our position on top of the league and speaking on top I have to mention Liverpool's victory last week in the Club World Cup competition what an amazing performance and what an achievement by the boys it's the first time Liverpool have won this trophy in their entire history so Congrats to the boys. Really, really proud of the way they played. Uh, the match itself, it was a decent final. It did have a slow start, but 
we did have a few chances as well. Um, fortunately, we weren't clinical enough in the first half. Um, and during the second half, Flamengo got involved more into the game. Um, as they have a European coach, you can tell the style of play wasn't very... They weren't a typical Brazilian team. The tactics were pretty much spot on in terms of being compact and playing on the counter, which they tried to do several times and using their uh, wingers to their advantage. Uh, fortunately for Liverpool, uh, we held our ourselves into good positions um, and created chances as many times as possible. Um, and Firmino grabbing the winner was fantastic for us. So great performance by the team. Um, another trophy in the cabinet. Uh, but I just have to say, uh, you know, Liverpool world champions, baby. I'm sure my co-host is not going to like that, but I will. That's how it goes sometimes. So that's the bias element of this episode. Um, we will now move on to the team of the decade. So this has been a trending topic in the past week all over the media as the year is coming to an end as well as the decade. So me and my co-host said for this would be quite fun and interesting discussion to come up with our own team of the decade. So let's begin. So Sid, who have you selected as your goalkeeper? I don't think this will come as any surprise in terms of consistency. I think in the last few seasons, there's been a bit of a gap in the level of his performances. But generally, over the last decade, I would have to say De Gea. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I've got De Gea as well. I think he's been pretty dominant last five, six, seven yeah. years. Yeah. Obviously, last couple of seasons he's not been top form, but regardless, he's a world class goalkeeper. So I don't think there's any arguments there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this team of the decade is for the last nine years, so from 2010. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So who do you have as your left back? So this might come as a surprise, but um, Mr. Leighton Baines. Um, Interesting. You know, a lot of people were laughing or bewildered when uh, David Moyes was just like, oh, let me go in for Leighton Baines. But in terms of at his peak and in terms of consistency, Leighton Baines was doing ridiculous amounts over the last decade. He's, he's on the wane now, and I don't even know if he's um, hitting starting 11 consistency consistently for Everton now but the last 10 years I would say it would be difficult to find for me someone other than him as the top left back yeah what about you I agree with your point there to be honest because he was pretty consistent for an Everton team that wasn't really performing, performing that well yeah he was always their top player, so scoring all types of free kicks, assists from corners. So, and he's been a mainstay in that team for yeah, a long period. For a long period, yeah, that's true. I've gone with Ashley Cole. Yeah. So, I think before 2010 was probably his prime mm -hmm. with Chelsea, um, but I believe he did win the Champions League in 2011. So. Oh. Uh, 11 or 12 yeah. I think it was yeah so yeah. for me he's he's arguably one of the best English left backs in, in history yeah, yeah. so if, I think they've voted him the best English yeah. left back ever yeah 
because during that time remember the England team obviously they were labelled as the golden boys yeah all of them were world class but who was actually number one in their position yeah Ashley Cole Ashley Cole was the number one left back yeah. at the time so yeah. so yeah let's not forget Skulls but yeah yeah we can talk yeah. about it as well don't worry yeah. that'll be for another another episode yeah so who's your two centre backs so um and this would be towards the end of his career but still within the decade I'm struggling to find anyone on his level I mean there's a lot now but Ferdinand and company on their day yeah. I don't see no centre forwards getting past them you've got Ferdinand in terms of reading the game yeah. pace company he's just a natural leader his presence at the back He's cool, calm, collected. Again, I can't see anyone going past company. Injuries have blighted, you know, people's views on him. But on his day, company for me was up there. And it's a bit political as I'm a, a fan of United. But I have to be honest, company for me. What about you? So I've gone with a pairing of company as well. Yeah and Van Dyke so obviously yeah. I'm a Liverpool fan so I'm not as a biased opinion but okay. I feel like Van Dyke has been predominant I haven't seen a centre back that's so complete so Ferdinand for me was a close one to be honest with you but I think because of what he achieved last season he's the standout defender in the world and Ferdinand was always top but he was not given that sort of mm. accolade mm. or that kind of exposure so can can I ask do you think that because then there was too many top centre backs yeah, that's a good point yeah because right now in the Premier League Van Dijk stands out I think maybe in world football he stands out with yeah. everyone whereas in that era I think defending was more of an art whereas now it's like it's as long as you can knock a man off the pitch you're pretty much a defender yeah so it's it's arguable to be honest with you. So I mean, Phil Jones is a centre back. I, so. I, I don't know how he's still playing for yeah. United. To be honest with you, but um, what about right back? So I had uh, Ivanovic for Chelsea. Um, again, solid, um, real powerhouse in that position. He could bomb forward. He was a good header of the ball crosses was you know decent and in, again in terms of consistency and if you want a s average 7 out of 10 performance yeah. for most games I'll say Ivanovic uh, how about yourself I've put in Zabaleta so I think he was one of the signings before Man City were owned by the Arabs mm. I think he just signed before so he was like a cheap signing in comparison to what was coming down the line mm. with Rubino and all those players um, he was pretty much consistent he wasn't a very flamboyant kind of fullback yeah. but he could defend and yeah. he can attack as well He's a, he had a good all round game um, I think he helped stabilise that team as well so he was quite experienced mm. so his sort of wisdom was rubbed off on all the younger players that were coming up the ranks mm. at Man City as well so yeah. um, kind of agree with Vanich as well he was quite solid 
it would be very difficult for any ringer to get past Ivanovic. I remember I, it was a unit. Yeah, it was a unit. So it was very difficult to anyone get past him. So pretty, pretty similar selection here. Mm. Let's look at the midfield now. Who's your DM? I had uh, Mr. Kante. Yeah, I don't think that's any argument. I've got Kante, so uh, it just, it's self-explanatory. What he's yeah. done. Come from the second division in France yeah. to go to Leicester, win the league First next season, season yeah, go yeah. to Chelsea. And I just think, you know, clubs like Real Madrid, PSG aren't linked to him for no reason. Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. Kante because, you know, once he's in that position, it's yeah. going to be very, very difficult to, you know, even get a look in yeah so yeah that is a shoe in is that I don't know how you feel but is that no I totally agree I've got Kante in my team as well for me he's the closest thing to Makaleli because Makaleli made that a position that yeah. number six position yeah. the anchorman role that is the Makaleli role that's what it's known for yeah. so Kante is just oh, he's unbelievable as a guy he seems like a nice person yeah as well. very humble but as a player he's a beast he's tiny but he's a beast like, he's quite strong though people yeah. forget yeah I saw a clip earlier with Madison he was saying he's the toughest player in yeah, his yeah, face yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. He's, he's, you know there's a reason why he's top and if I'm honest with you I don't think Chelsea are utilising him very well this season no um, they're not playing it. they're playing more box to box, to box but it's not nah, it's not his strength well he scored against Liverpool didn't he he scored that banger but um Thank you. I think <laughs> I think yeah. as a DM he's still number one. I yeah. can't see anyone near him. I just think he's unbelievable. Okay. So who's your centre mates? So I've gone for a Man City duo. So it's David Silva and the African powerhouse Yaya. <laughs> There's only one Yaya. Uh, but um again, Silva his vision he can score you know again the passes he can pick out you know his assists are crazy yeah you got to think he's won a European Championship twice won yeah. a World Cup you know um, he's been voted what their best player ever yeah there's a reason for that you know and I think he's going to retire next season and I think to replace him yeah is going to be difficult they've got mid midfielders waiting in the wings but no one on this level no. and Yaya I just you don't even have to go into full depth but he's just on his day he's strike of the ball and he was a unit as well yeah. unplayable he was literally unplayable I could I didn't see no one challenge him no. or push him out the way he's this unbelievable powerhouse literally yeah. and they can you know I think United fans hated him because of how good he was and yeah. he was one of the reasons you know we had to settle Sefec second yeah because he scored I think he scored that goal mm. or was it him or company but made them beat us 1-0 and I was just like oh gosh yeah. here we go but um, yeah for me Torre and Silva and yeah. what about your choice I've got I've got the exact same oh. thought to be honest with you yeah. I've got Kante Silva and Torre yeah. Silva to be honest when he first joined uh, Man City I thought he was 
struggle in terms of adapting to the Premier League because he was quite small in stature, wasn't yeah. very physical, yeah. and it was always going to be a challenge for him to adapt. But I think in his first season he showed great glimpses, and the second season he was just in full flow. Yeah, and he's been doing it consistent for nearly ten years now. Yeah, so unbelievable talent. Um, I think he is irreplaceable. Similar scenario to Barcelona with Iniesta. They haven't replaced him, so they've got Coutinho. Well, they signed Coutinho, and then that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, those players are magical. They they don't come by every generation. So mm. you, if you see players like that you have to feel very fortunate that you're watching mm. a star yeah. basically so yeah I can't argue I think amazing amazing pair they were together mm. pretty much unstoppable mm, mm. so you had a bit best of both of us one who's silky and had unbelievable playmaking skills another guy was just a beast and scoring bangers left right and centre so so who's your front three so, this is the I think debatable I think midfield We'll, we'll, I think it was bound to have something similar, but up front will be the interesting talking point. Can we get rid of the obvious one? So, yeah, centre forward. Aguero. Yeah, I've got Aguero as well. His records was just crazy. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when you look back in years to come, you will just see him celebrating. It's QPR. QPR. <laughs> You know, that will be that's iconic, you know, and that's what Aguero has been about these last five, six years. I just think that Man City, as well as Silver, they owe, sorry, not Silver, but I'm saying they owe Silver and Aguero a lot because yes. their success is, you know, down to them. Yeah. You know, and again, when they need to replace Aguero, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, they've got. Jesus and I don't know who else is there now but um, I don't think they will have that out and out striker like they do now you know but like Guerrero is like for me and I think a lot of people made his comparison is the closest thing to Romario yeah, yeah so yeah. that short stocky yeah, striker yeah. unbelievable one on one finishing yeah. Yeah. unbelievable so yeah. and he's been doing it for a long time unfortunately I think injury has sort of affected his career he's getting on now yeah he is but he still gets the goals yeah. in terms of when he's doing comparison to uh, matches being played, minutes, all that sort of stuff. Still top. You're not taking that right, you're not. So, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this. I feel like take more strikers right now <laughs> to go I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, let me get Rooney out of the way. Okay. Rooney burst onto the scene, won the strike against Arsenal, Everton, 16 year old. And I think from then he's just been on his day when he had Tevez and Ronaldo playing with him. That for me is similar to Liverpool's front three now. It's just unplayable. Yeah. It's that same fluidity, you know, they can rotate positions. Oh gosh, Tevez is up front. Oh, Ronaldo switches with um, uh, Rooney. You just couldn't control them. You know, and on the counter as well, it was disgusting. Mm. You know, you had Rooney again. He c- volleying the ball, he was up there. Yeah. But his vision as well. I'm sorry. So yeah, Rooney for me, last decades, amazing. Um, 
inside it, but I have to be honest, but Suarez on his day ugh. Unbelievable. Yes, he was um, he was top 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 quality and I think that there was those few seasons where Liverpool potentially could have won the league. Yeah. And that was owing to him, Sturridge and, and Sterling. S A S. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and internationally I don't really like him obvious reasons <laughs> but you know the premiership let the people know where you're from oh yeah so I'm half Indian half Ghanaian so there was this 2010 World Cup let's end it let's talk about it it still it still burns me now <laughs> every time I see him I'm just uh, but um yeah the league he was there four five years yeah he did enough he was a, he was there for three seasons. Was that it? Yeah, three and a half, I think it was. So even that short period of time of playing for Liverpool made a big impact on big, world football. Big impact, and you know that allowed him to get that move to Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. So yeah, that that that's my front three. What about yours? So I've got sort of like a, a number ten and then two number nines in front. So I've got Hazard because yeah. I know that's the position he played in his last season with Chelsea and he plays there for Belgium as well so naturally he's not uh, sort of number 10 but he can play in that position so Hazard for me is pretty much very consistent for Chelsea and always has been the last few years especially has been their top player yeah. their talisman more or less so unbelievable score you ask any professionals who their favourite players or who the toughest opponent is he's normally the top three mm-hmm. they mentioned so He's also one of the best strippers as well. Best strippers, unbelievable in terms of you can't stop him. No. Um, he's, he doesn't seem like to be the biggest guy, but he's very hard to push off the ball. Yeah. So, yeah. unbelievable dribbling, amazing finishing from left foot, right foot, mm. can score inside the box, outside the box. So, I think he could have scored more goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that might be the reason why he's not sort of like top three in the conversation or top five top ten yeah. even um, but no one can die his quality he's been consistent he's been an unbelievable player I think obviously joining a new club like Real Madrid it will take a bit of time yeah. but I think most players take a bit of time when they go yeah. to Real Madrid anyway yeah, it wouldn't be easy now because Real Madrid is not the same they're not the powerhouse yeah. so he has to literally be the one to drag them out yeah. and, uh, and get them into you know that position where they're going to be competing because effectively yeah. he's replacing Ronaldo. Yeah, more or less. And that's not an easy task for anyone to do, is it? So unless they get Mbappe as well, he yeah. needs people around him to help. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but he's he's definitely the one that will make a difference. I believe so as well. And then so my front two, I've got Aguero and Suarez. Yeah. So. That would have been an amazing combo to see on the pitch, isn't it? Aguero and Suarez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're both. So we've got Aguero, clinical number nine. Suarez, finisher as well, but magic, magic yeah. at his feet. Like, unbelievable skills, nutmeg king. Good, um, Liverpool fans that were saying that, oh, he can nutmeg a mermaid. Yeah. You know, that's, how, that's how good he was. So, amazing player. One of the best players I've seen in Liverpool's show, if I'm honest my in terms of my lifetime. After Owen, yeah. No, no, after Owen. Let's not talk about Michael. <laughs> Listen, Michael is my favourite player growing up, but no. Suarez is a 
different kettle of fish, yeah. like amazing player. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good roundup of yeah. our teams. Quite similar, yeah. but it's good to know that we've got similar sort of liking in terms of players. So yeah, I think um, there are a few obvious choices, and then there. So let us know your thoughts on our teams. Um, you can share your comments on Instagram at Football Talk Podcast as well as Twitter at Football P0D. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.